Hey love, Ashley Han here, online branding and marketing strategist, entrepreneur, author, and coach, and welcome to a brand new special exclusive series of my show called Female on Fire, where I am taking you behind the scenes with incredible, powerful, successful, sexy, radiant females on fire. From spine-tingling pain-to-power stories, real and raw girl talk, to actionable tools and frameworks that you can use use and apply in your own life, it is my intention that as you listen to each of these episodes, you will feel a spark light up inside of you and walk away feeling on fire and radiate that beautiful, unique, powerful flame out into the world. Let's dive in. You are going to love and learn so much from today's conversation with Destiny Berman, who is a seven-figure launch strategist who specializes in working with offline business owners, entrepreneurs, experts, and educators. Her clients really benefit from her innovative and modern approach that she takes to marketing, as well as her 15 years of prior experience running large-scale marketing campaigns in Silicon Valley for brands like Twitter, HP, Microsoft. And in the past six years, Destiny's clients have used her techniques to generate more than $17 million from launches. Through her courses, she's taught hundreds of students in 23 countries across the globe, and her expertise has been featured in media outlets including Business Insider, Forbes, Greatest Digital Marketer, and more. She is a phenomenal woman. She is a wife and mother to her son. They live in San Francisco. And in this episode, we really dive into all things digital marketing, as well as bridging the gap between spirituality and strategy in order to create massive results in your business and your life. She shared some strategy secrets as well as some spirituality secrets that really will support you in creating the momentum that you get to create with your own business. She also talks about her lean launch strategy, which she calls the skinny launch, which is great for any of y'all who want to simplify your launches so that you can amplify your results. This lean launch is large when it comes to results. So I'm excited for y'all to learn about that. I'm also excited for you to learn about her pre-launch. I'm also excited for you to learn about what not to do. We cover the top critical mistakes that most business owners make with their marketing strategy and launching their courses. So I'm not going to blab on anymore. There is clearly so much juiciness in this episode. I'm so excited for you to meet Destiny and to learn from her today. So without further ado, let's dive in. Destiny, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I'm excited to pick your brain and just really jam out with you. So thank you so much for being a part of the Female on Fire series and for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of this conversation because marketing entrepreneurship, it's this, um, yeah, there's a lot of um, ongoing involvement with it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited to hear your insights. I know you're, you just have such an amazing background. And you know what? We were just talking about this before we hit record and you were like, we were like, yeah, less of structure. Let's just flow with it. And I'm feeling called to do something I haven't done yet. Okay. Which, which is normally I ask this question um, at the very end of every episode uh, for my female on fire series, but I'm feeling like I want to ask you and actually kick off with it. Okay. You open to that? 
I'm good. Let's do it. (laughs) Awesome. So what is one thing about you, Destiny, that you used to maybe hide or maybe dim, mute, maybe even shame Mm -hmm. or be ashamed of about yourself that you have since reactivated and reignited on your journey to becoming the female on fire that you are today? (laughs) Wow. So when I love this question and I have several answers, you know, when I was thinking about it, but for me, it's been, and it's a combination of being seen and being heard, which is interesting because when you're in a business that you have to be out there all the time, having your podcast being on video, it hit that button directly in terms of, wow, what is it like to be seen online in person and to be heard in this way? Mm. I see. And what did, what would you say, like back when you first started out on your journey, what, 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 how did you use to kind of show up versus how you show up today? Well, it's interesting because the first three years of my business, I was behind the scenes. So I was a consultant and I was able to set up an extremely profitable, lucrative business with revenue splits and driving these big results. But I was behind the scenes doing what I was good at, but also comfortable and in my default mode. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to be up front and center. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how the way we are or our habitual ways can get us into the most perfectly suited situations, at least for a while, until you start to want to grow or evolve in that way because it's not forever. Yeah, yeah, I actually really relate to that. Um, The story I used to tell myself often was, that I was meant for behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, really believe that story with all my heart. I was like, yep, you know, I'm just not meant for the spotlight. I would say that I'm not meant for the spotlight. I'm not meant to be front and center. And I, I had a company, I still have the company, but I've since rebranded it to be Ashley Hand Me, mm-hmm. um, but it's Omni Media Marketing. And so I would hide behind that. And like, none of my friends even knew what I did. that's how much I was just hiding, you know, which is so interesting as you evolve and you're, and you start to discover like more parts of of you and, and why, like, why was I hiding? And it can be very confrontive and, you know, deep work happens when you're on this path of entrepreneurship, right? It's (laughs) yes. I mean, yes, a hundred percent. And it's so funny because meeting you now, I would have never, ever guessed that was a story you were telling yourself because you very much look and feel like someone who should be up front and center. <laughs> it goes to show you, you just never know. You never know, you know, how, how women really think about themselves and how they really, um, how they feel until you really just ask and get to know the person. You know what I mean? We can make all these assumptions and you're like, I mean, I used to be bullied. A lot of people would have never known that. And just, you know, there's, there's so much, so much depth there that so many women don't talk about, you know? Um, so yeah. Okay. And one thing I also, I've learned about you, uh, is that you are as much as you are really strategic, and like structural, you're also spiritual. Mm. And you also have this very spiritual side to you. And I'm really excited to dive into both of these elements of you Mm. because I'm sure that both of these equally had a significant impact on you and what you've been able to create today. Yes, yes. So I, you know, one of the most fascinating topics for me has always been the relationship between spirituality, so our own spiritual practices, and the success we find in the business, in the financial space. 
And it's always been interesting to me because I believe that we can hold both. Like being really deep in our spiritual practice and also being really outcome driven with making a lot of money and having the kind of material lifestyle that we want and deserve to however many levels that we want it to be at. And so I, I've always done my best to hold both sides of me with that. And I've been able to help some incredible spiritual teachers and known authors create big results in the world. And that's, I felt like that was kind of my path and my calling to be able to bridge those two worlds. It's an ongoing yeah. inquiry, um, but I love it. And it's, it's really fun. And I think it's, you know, it's worth, it's worth doing. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I know that's, you kind of started with, was it yogis, like yoga instructors? Is that kind of where you started? A lot of like wellness, yoga, astrologers, um, psychics, even Hay House folks, right? Who are very deeply embedded in that world and really working, busting through these stories that I can't have a seven multi seven figure business. And it's okay to earn a lot of money. And it doesn't mean that we're not spiritual in the process if we give ourselves the permission to do so. Yeah, that you can get paid well for your gifts and your medicine. (laughs) And and you get to be because when you allow yourself to receive, you're able to give at an even greater capacity. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so good. So what would you say is like two or three if we start with, um, let's start with spiritual and then we'll go to strategy. So like what's two or three like secrets? And this could be something that you have done along your path or that you have taught your clients when it comes to spirituality and really creating the results that you want in your business and your life. Well, this is a daily conversation because when it comes to marketing, we find that a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs and even a lot of conscious entrepreneurs, you don't have to be so deeply embedded in the woo-woo, but you've had this consciousness side to you that's opening up, is that we there tends to be this belief that if I want to be successful at online marketing, I have to do a particular way, which then hits one, I don't want to look like anyone else online. And two, what if I'm not comfortable with this particular way of marketing? And so what I like to say is that with your consciousness, with your spirituality, your authenticity will always trump any marketing best practices outside of maybe two or three principles. We always want to capture emails and you know, like that. But there are so many ways to be yourself online and to be successful at it. That's why there are platforms like TikTok and Instagram and all this user generated creator economy market that has, you know, really blown up. And so you can be yourself while being successful, but then it forces you to really own yourself and to be seen online. And so, you know, I would say that's number one is to really be willing to own yourself and say, this is how I'm going to show up online. And I'm going to stop telling all these stories about I have to be this particular way to be successful. Mm. So good. So good. Being authentic, owning all of you, owning all those unique parts about you, like all the goofy parts that even the woo-woo parts, whatever is there, like owning it all. And that I, I call it also owning your 360 self. Like every single piece of you owning it all and presenting that online and being yourself. I love it. Okay, what's number two? Well, number two is to be willing to say, I'm going to close the loop. So there is this thought process around I'm going to show up on a great content, even build this online community and this online audience. But then we don't look at monetization and we don't say, look, this is how I want to close the loop by monetizing and really making good money at it. 
And so it forces us to confront and acknowledge both parts of ourselves, how we want to show up fully. And don't get me wrong, authentic marketing. I mean, that's been a buzzword that's thrown around. And I love how you're presenting with owning all of you, 360 degrees, absolutely. So owning all of you with how you want to show up. And then number two, being willing to have a plan even if you don't have a clear strategy around this is how I'm going to monetize and I'm committed to making this into a business. Mm. Mm. That commitment is so big. Yeah. That is so big. And that can be like, that can be one of the scariest parts of it. It's like, yes, owning yourself is scary for a lot of people. I remember when I was, especially because I have these kind of goofy, very nerdy parts of me. Mm. And so thinking of, you know, that's, it feels vulnerable to own those parts of you and to let that come through, through your content. And then also that commitment to monetization. It's like, okay, here we go. Like this bout to be real. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And what's more real than someone paying you for your services, for your programs, and saying, wow, I'm going to take a chance that this is going to work for me. And nothing gets more real yes. and potentially more triggering in that process. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I actually want to add, I'm going to like add a third one that I just thought of that you kind of just alluded to yeah. is really uh, auditing your belief systems, ladies, mm-hmm. and just really, really getting clear about what are you believing that's holding you back? Because there's a reason why if you haven't shown up authentically yet, There's a reason why there's something you're believing about that. Um, And then two, if you haven't committed to monetizing your craft, your medicine, your gifts, there's also a belief, hidden beliefs underneath there that are sabotaging you, that are blocking you. So uh, I, I would say I invite you to really, really audit those beliefs and choose new beliefs that support you, that empower you into your vision for your life and what you get to create in this beautiful life you've been given. Yes, it's true. It's true. And to be willing to be curious because sometimes we don't know exactly what this online journey will bring us, but to be willing to be curious and open to possibilities and it's step-by-step commitment. That 1% shift every day really leads to a big result. So Mm, love that. Yes. Yes. Flexing every single day. I love that. So good. Okay. So now let's, let's move over to like strategy. So I know that you, I've, I've heard you talk about a couple of your things. So I'm just going to let you, let you loose sister. Go ahead, <laughs> Drop the value bombs. <laughs> so first is, you know, in this day when one of the biggest questions is if everyone is coming online, building a personal brand, you know, having online offers and courses, the first thing is always, well, am I too late? How am I going to stand out in this saturated digital market? Am I too late? And the good news is there are billions of people online who are ready to consume and learn content and receive education and coaching more than ever. So there are billions of people that literally for an entrepreneur to create six, seven figure businesses, you really are only looking at a fraction of the billions of people online. So the market size is there, even if there is content saturation and there's a lot of people trying and doing this. The second thing is to remember that in this day and age of content and more platforms that exist more than ever, before, ironically, it was actually more simple, right? You had YouTube, you had Google, and now you've got Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and their platforms showing up every day. You want to think about what is your uniqueness and even deeper, what is your specialization when it comes to your knowledge or expertise with how you want to serve and make a difference? and that going deeper is actually going to allow you to go bigger. 
So we just take yoga as an, as an example. There's a lot of different yoga teachers out there. So what is your specialization, right? Yoga for diabetes, yoga for mental health, right? yoga and psychology. We've done this with astrologers. We've done this with all different. We've done this with life coaches. Like what is your specialty? Because the more you're willing to go deep is how that's going to help you stand out, be seen, and you can charge more and you can be more successful faster. Yeah. People pay more for specialists. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. And, and yeah, I just want to, so I love what you said first, because I feel like I'm just going to kind of unpack both things that you said. One, that the market is there and <laughs> the market is there for you. Um, I've heard that like, Oh, well, isn't it too saturated? Oh, there's so many intuitive healers. Oh, there's so many, this, there's so many that it's like, okay. Okay. And there's no one that's you. That's why I'm so passionate about personal branding mm. uh, because it is so personal. Yeah. And in, in that sense, I don't, I truly don't believe in competition. Like, I feel like what someone like, for example, destiny, you and I teach somewhat similar things, right? Oh. But it's like what someone would get from you is something different than when someone would get from me because we are inherently different. <laughs> exactly. So I love that. And then I love your second one is like, write this down, ladies. What is my special sauce? Like, what is my special sauce that I put on it that nobody else got that unique flavor? Like, what is your flavor? What is your unique special sauce? Um, and going deeper, what I'm hearing you say is like not being afraid to niche down. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. going deeper in, in that and being a specialist versus a generalist because people value that more. Like if something's I heard someone say this before, like if I have something wrong with my foot, I'm going to go to a foot doctor, like, right. I'm not going to go to this, you know, whatever the, so it's, it's, it's that will pay more for someone who really specializes in what it is that we're looking for. So exactly. I love that. I love that. So, and, good. you know, just to, just to add on to that, because I find that in the transformational coaching space, we tend to get more reluctant to go super deep with your yeah. niche. And if we look at e-commerce platforms, they do very well with this, right? So Amazon was first known for books or Zappos was first known for shoes. So they went super deep in one vertical. And we see this with e-commerce, Warby Parker, Away, I mean, just Bomba socks. Like they go after one product, they get really known and really deep in that one product, and then they expand. And that's how you want to think about your online knowledge and coaching business. Yeah, that's, that's really important too. Cause then I think a lot of, um, a lot of, well, I can just speak on my clients have said this to me, like they're afraid to niche. Cause they're like, Oh, well, what if I don't want to do that forever? Right. <laughs> Nothing's right. forever. Like that's yeah. the point of your, you're always evolving and you absolutely can expand, but exactly. it, that, that is a really great starting point. Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. Um, I would also love to hear, I've heard you talk about, um, your skinny, <laughs> your skinny, skinny launch. launch yes yeah. <laughs> can you talk about that so i created the skinny launch um and one I've, I've just been creating all these different models because it's it's fun and the digital marketing space evolves but i created the skinny launch as a response to and the whole concept built around the lean startup the minimal viable product because i noticed that entrepreneurs were so overwhelmed with this idea of launching and it is true that with launching, there are emails, webinars, all these different elements to it. But the whole concept of a skinny launch is that it's grounded in four steps that you go deeper and you repeat each time. And more, most importantly, to be willing to give yourself to permission to say, a skinny launch doesn't mean small results. It just means lean and focus. Mm -hmm. And the two to three rocks that I'm gonna focus on this launch, because you can't do everything for every single launch. 
And we get into this idea that if we do more, we're going to likely have a bigger launch. And that's not true. Mm, I love it. Debunking that myth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> le- a lean launch equals large results. Yes. yes exactly. So what are those? Um, you said four steps, right? Yes. So one is getting clear on your school model. So getting clear on what your model looks like. Is this going to be a six-week self-study? Is this going to be what I call a closed school system where everyone starts at the same time once or twice a year? Is this going to be a B2B, more of a certification professional development? So you want to get very clear your outcome uh, in your model and there are pros and cons to each model. Then you're going to be working through, okay, well, what is my positioning and my outcome statement? And often I, you know, we get caught up in this because we're so in our work and we know what other people need, but we forget what it is they're looking for. So what is the outcome statement that your audience is looking for that they will want from you? So this will take some finessing and working, but working through your course outcome and the positioning of it, right? So we go back to the yoga example. Are you a yoga therapist who is specialized in helping others who have diabetes? That's very focused and that's very specialized and that's going to inform a lot of your messaging and how you get this out there. Then three and four is really the pre-launch and the sales period. And now that there has been, this whole industry has been around a long time, um, I think people are getting used to it. But historically, business owners tend to think, oh, the launch is when you open for sales, and that's the entire launch. The success of the launch is determined in that pre-launch period, which will last anywhere from two to four months, depending on where you are with your business, depending on if you launched before. But it's all that warming up. And if we think about a movie release and all the trailers and all the warming up before it even gets into the theater for a finite period of time, that's our pre-launch. And then we head into a very specific sales period where we're forcing urgency because there is a deadline, either because your program is about to start or you're offering special bonuses or incentives for signing up during that period. So that's a very high level overview, but that's a sequence that Myself, my clients, we follow every single time. And as you grow your launches to seven figures, you go deeper into each pillar. The key is to not overwhelm. We try to do too much in each pillar. Mm, yes. And yeah, the, that pre-launch, a lot of people don't, it's, it's not talked about enough. And it's, you're right. It's so important because, I mean, I generate most of my sales, uh, like 80, 90% of my sales on from Instagram. But it's because I'm very consistent on that platform and I'm always focused on delivering value-driven content on there and creating a relationship with my people. And so, um, and, and it's actually true. I've heard that typically for someone, like say someone starts, let's just use Instagram, for example, they start following you on Instagram, right? They just found out about you, saw one of your videos, started following you. It's going to take like two to three months of that exposure to you, to getting to know you, it's kind of like you're courting them in a way, like dating or something, right? Where it's like, they're not, you're not going to, you don't want to, they're not going to go out with you on a, on a, on a date right away. Like they're going to get to know you a little bit. And so, um, so that two to three, you know, two to three months, I would say, I would, I would be curious to know what you've kind of found of them being exposed to your content, you nurturing them through value-driven content, very intentional content. That's actually focused around whatever your course or program is for them then to feel comfortable to make that buying decision to, to work with you. 100%. 
And price point also varies. So depending on how long your brand has been established, the mm. price point of your offer, if you have a higher ticket offer, it sometimes will take four, six months or more. Um, it's also why we like to have intermediate offers where you've got a core offer that's not, you know, that's under 5,000. You've got a downsell offer that's around three to 400. And what you want to do over time is you want to have essentially three levels of offers to have for your audience so that someone who is getting to know you is willing to commit to a 397 offer. And over time, with the proper messaging and building a relationship, they'll jump to that five or $10,000 offer. So strength of brand, definitely longevity of brand also impacts this, but average two to four months, new person getting to know you, regardless of what offer level, and then def definitely if you've got higher ticket offers, that will take even longer, but then the revenue numbers are bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I call those like an ascension ladder. Yes. And I, yeah, I'm actually, I, I say the same thing. So we're totally aligned there of having three and, yeah. and, you know, meeting, cause there, the thing is, is what I have found is it's really for me, like my, I have, you know, an ideal client, it's the same woman just at different points along her journey. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So right. yeah. And it's it, like, if I just look at myself, for example, I always have a coach. I'm always part of a ma mastermind. I'm, I'm all about it. Right. I, I definitely walk the talk when it comes to that stuff. Cause I really believe in it. And it, the, the, the coach and the programs that I hired, you know, let's say four or five years ago is very different than, than where I'm at now, <laughs> but I'm still, I'm still me. I'm still this person, but I'm on a different point in my journey. So, um, I also just, like wrapping back to what you said before in that positioning and outcome statement. That's why it's so important because what I heard you say is that you're really, your messaging is around what they're looking for, what they're wanting, and essentially making sure that we're meeting them where they're at with that messaging. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You want to be clear of the path that you're ultimately leading them to. Otherwise, the content you put out will one, not have a specific focus, but two, it's a bit random. I mean, how many times have we shown up and started pulling all this content together? Okay, well, where are we leading them to? And that path is very important. Um, and it's also why, you know, to your point, right offer, right time, and right person. Those are the three elements that have to come together for someone to say yes to you. So to your point, you're always the same personal brand, the same entrepreneur, but based on the person who's seeing your offer, based on what they're looking at, it has to be the right time. Because you can have the most perfect offer with the most clearest messages, it doesn't matter if, it's not, if they're not ready. Mm -hmm. And why you always need to be casting your net to a wider, wider audience so that you always have a segment of people who are ready to say yes, so that you can hit your business goals and be serving people year round. Yes. Yes. And I, actually, this is perfect. Cause I, I didn't want to ask you this question. I feel like it leads so, so greatly into this mistakes people make, you yeah. know, what are, what are the most common mistakes that you see people making starting out in this journey of creating courses, creating an Ascension ladder, you know, creating results in their business, launching their first course. Like what, what have you seen as like, let's say the top three critical mistakes that people make? So one ironically is actually putting out more than one offer at a time. So we just talked about having an offer stack and that's one of the most profitable ways to build your business. But if you put out two different offers at the same time, trying to launch them at the same time, it confuses people. And I've seen this time and time again, they come, they want to present, they have a $2,000 offer, then they also have a membership offer. 
And the thinking is, I'm just gonna put out there and I wanna see who responds and how they respond. And then based from that, I will make my next business decision. But what you want to do is always present only one offer at a time, even if you have a back-end funnel of upsells and downsells. So I would say that's number one. And especially in the beginning of your experimenting and testing, um, there tends to be an intuitive feeling of wanting to do that. And it just confuses, and if you confuse people, they won't make a choice. Number two is <laughs> if you're just building your audience, relying only on organic is going to be slow. Organic is a long-term game. It's great, you absolutely wanna do that. But if you are really getting your business off the ground, and if you're not only in a client-based business, you have to leverage advertising. Advertising is scary, can be expensive, it's more expensive than ever, but you have to go directly into it in order to start to get momentum and to generate revenue. And I find that many business owners wait too long on the paid advertising and they're relying only on organic, which is this whole, whole other ball game, and it just takes longer, right? And then finally, number three is, it's interesting because I, I meet with a lot of clients who already have very successful businesses. And then I ask them for their online revenue goals and I get a blank, which is really interesting because if we don't have some idea of revenue that we are looking and trying to hit, we're not going to go anywhere, just like us wanting to lead our target audiences onto a path. And so you want to do some research and to look at yourself. If you already have an existing business, how much do you want to be converting into a digital revenue stream? And if you already have proven offers, what can you take and digitize that you can now add 25, 50% to your existing business? And to start with a launch goal in mind, because if you don't have a launch goal, even if it's an experiment, even if it's a test, you won't have that grounding factor that's going to help you focus and get clear on setting launch budgets, advertising budgets, and where you wanna go. Mm. So important. Yes. Number one, what I heard you say is focus <laughs> essentially, uh, right? With your, yep. with your first one is focus, focus, focus that, you know, sometimes that can be like, you're right. I, I had done this before when I first started, it's like, here are all, here are all the things, <laughs> you know? And then it's like, yes. what's it called? The, the paradox of choice, you yes. know, they, they can get stuck in the paradox of choice. So, um, so yes, that's what I heard you say. Number one, number two, advertise. It's so funny that you're bringing this up because what you just said is literally the conversation I just had with my fiance this morning. <laughs> so he, we were just saying that um, we've been kind of testing out different ad agencies, especially him. He's tested out more than me. Um, and, and, you know, going through that because it does, it can take some time to get an ad agency or an ad person that gets it. Yeah. Uh, so um, Gerard and I were talking about that and he was like, yeah, because I don't want to be so reliant on my organic marketing. It's yeah. so true because then it's, you know, him and I both, we, we both really are, we don't want to be so tied to it and that it's, it's actually, cause it, when it's organic, it's really reliant on us showing yeah. up like that in that organic way, which we still love to do, but we don't want it to be, that's it. And it's all fully reliant. Exactly. So I love that. Very, very true. Advertising. Yes. Can be scary. Um, and it's worth it. And I love that you said it's better now than waiting, uh, when you're too far along in the game. Uh, and the third one, having a, a revenue goal, a launch goal, being connected. I just was talking about this with my coach 
um, about how it's really important to stay connected to your numbers, connected to your desires of what you desire to create from this launch. What do you desire to create this month? What do you desire to create this quarter? What do you desire to create for the next 12 months? Being connected to those goals are so important. And, and it's, it's so crazy how so, so many of us entrepreneurs, we, we, we don't do that. It's yes. kind of, but then when you think about it, you're like, well, well, duh, like I get to create like goals. Um, but it's, it's, I, I can speak for a lot of my women. Cause they've said this to me is for a, a lot of them. It, um, it, it was scary because mm. they were afraid that they would set these like big goals and not meet them. Hmm. Interesting. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, it, is it better? I, I had, I actually interviewed, this is one of my very first interviews, Shanda Sumter. And on that interview, she talked about um, how she was committed. It was 2019, that interview. She said, I'm committed in 2019 to fail 19 times, like wow. in a big way, like big wow. fail 19 times. And I'm like, why Shanda? And she's like, <laughs> like, because I know that if I'm failing, then I am moving, then I am actually taking action. Like if I'm setting these big, huge goals, if I, I'm going to get way farther along than if I was to set a small, safe goal, you know? So it actually, it, yeah. So it actually, it, there's nothing to be scared of. It actually is very motivating. It's inspiring and it, it gets you to be connected to your results. I love that. And it's, it's true. I mean, that I would say that's my business philosophy as well, where we've got this huge stretch goal and then we've got a bottom line base baseline. And if we hit our baseline, that's amazing. Like that's how aggressive our goals are. Um, you know, I would also say that if you're willing to get connected to the numbers, let's say Monday through Friday, it doesn't have to be every single day. What it allows you to do is it removes all your personal stories and all your emotions. Oh my God, my launch didn't work and no one wants my stuff. Well, guess what? Why don't we look at how many people enter your funnel, what the landing page conversion rate, what the open rates are, what the click-through rates. Every data point along the way allows you to remove yourself out of the story, which is valuable because then it's not about no one wanting my stuff. I've got to do this big pivot. Let's look at one data point at a time and that will inform where you need to shift. Most of the time, like 99% of the time, it's a shift. It's not a big pivot. It's because yeah, yeah. it's not because you're a failure even. It's just that we have to make shifts along the way and then we'll move the numbers, period. Mm, I heard you say that actually before um, that, was it that you look at failures, not as failures, but as shifts yes. that we get to, yes. that we get to make. Cause that's what we, every time we fail, we learn so much. Yes. Like we just, we learn so much. <laughs> I mean, unless you decide to completely look the other way, there's no way that you cannot learn from, from a quote unquote failure and then take what you learn and create a shift and pivot. So, exactly. so good. And, um, I also wanted to add in another mistake because I know that my women will relate to this because I'm an analyzer and I'm a perfectionist. So I know that my listeners got to be, so I got to have some analyzers and perfectionists is let go of perfection mm. and choose progress, choose uh, to choose. And I don't want to say sloppy, but I believe personally in taking, I call it like messy action. And what I mean by that mm. is like imperfect action, like action where you don't have to have everything. Guys, I have launched courses where I didn't have any, like I didn't even have the outline planned. I was like, all right, I'm going to launch a course because I feel inspired to launch this course. I launched it, filled half the program. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, when I was like half to like 60%, I was like, all right, I better start creating this outline. But it, you know why it was perfect is because when I was getting on those um, 
those calls, those just those enrollment calls, I was asking all these questions and learning, wow, I know how I can make this course that much more valuable. So you're, I was gathering all this feedback for the course in live time as I'm selling the course to make it that much more valuable for my women. And it ended up being, you know, being an amazing launch. So hmm. let go of perfection, ladies, just <laughs> do it. Take the action. <laughs> um, if you want to build upon that, I think one of my favorite stories is about LinkedIn. When Reed Hoffman started, before he started LinkedIn, he had started this online dating site. And it was too early. People were not ready for online dating at the time. It was a big failure. But he credits that online dating site to the success of LinkedIn. And can you imagine if we let that failure, if he had let that failure of his stop him, mm. LinkedIn wouldn't have been where LinkedIn was today with acquisition from Microsoft. And, I mean, one of the biggest companies, period. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just too fact. early. And sometimes, you know, if you're too early, that's what it is. But it yeah. kept informing the next success. So you can't let one, two, three failures to stop you. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Use it as fuel to yeah. fuel you forward. So good. Okay. Um, the, the last thing I just would love to, to touch on uh, is I know that you have some insights in terms of like how the education space has changed and evolved yeah. um, and, and really what it takes now to create a successful launch and a successful courses where we are today. Is there anything that you can share any insights for the listeners um, when it comes to how this space has been changing? Yeah. So one is it's interesting because the pandemic made what was fringe, right? So online education, online coaching, that was still a fringe market. If we look at the grander, at the bigger scheme of things and how many internet media companies exist. So 2020 really made what was fringe into mainstream because then now higher education had to go virtual. Every brick and mortar business that couldn't even imagine being virtual is now digital. So what's interesting and what's fascinating to me about this is, okay, so now we've got the whole world being forced to go online. And I believe that over the next five years, every subject matter expert will have an online course, period. So it's not a matter of whether they're going to do it or not. It's a matter of when and what kind of course and what that looks like. So along with this, I believe is that each coach, each subject matter who has an online course will have more accountability and that having more accountability to your students, your community, because they will have more choices. And that when we put something out there, it will have to make a life-changing difference at some level and that we are committed and responsible for that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great thing because there's gonna be more people in the space and people want results and they want outcomes. And I think that having more regulation in that way, it's a good thing for everyone. So higher standards, outcome basis one. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I love that you said that because it's kind of also like this kind of cleaning out that's going to happen. Yes. Of all the kind of BS that is, you know. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's right. And if you're really committed to standards and execution and having a business, you're going to win. Yep. And you're going to win in your ways. You know, it's not like one person wins and the other person doesn't. It's just that you're absolutely right. The clearing of the BS. Number two, it's going to be very interesting to see how creators monetize because now you've got all these different companies, all these different platforms popping up to help creators monetize, right? Facebook is really seeing a lot of features around that. And there's all this talk about creators monetizing. It's going to be very interesting from my view to see how this shapes up. 
I believe that regardless of which platform you choose to monetize, whether you write for Substack, whether you know, you're a part of a subscription company, courses and tapping into your knowledge will always be one of the most lucrative ways to monetize. So as you're building your business, regardless of what business you're in, you always want to be thinking about a course, the knowledge industry as a way to, as one of your revenue streams, and you want to be looking at that earlier than later. Mm. And then finally, number three, I believe that the opportunity to create a really fruitful, lucrative, authentic online business is bigger than ever. So yes, there's more people. There's also more people online. People expect it. People want to learn online. Personal growth, self-help will continue to expand. And I believe that um, if you're thinking about doing this, instead of the question looking at, am I too late? It's like, why not? Because yeah. this is like, we're just at the beginning of, I think of the next five to 10 years of, and yes, the industry will shift and it will look different, but look at where Kajabi I mean, look at the latest round of funding from Kajabi and where they're going with it. Like we're just at the beginning of a huge shift in the industry and landscape and you can be a part of it and do very well. Mm, agreed. I agree. There's so much untapped opportunity. Yes. And, um, and, and I know that that, that fear can hold a, a lot of people back and it's just, it's absolutely not true. It's, it's your time to play. Yes. <laughs> it's it's yes. your time yes. to play. It's your yes. time to play all out for sure. That. Um, and okay. So this, <laughs> this question came through, um, because I, a little birdie told me something about you, destiny. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I have to know if this is true, um, or if it's still true, uh, do you actually, and this is, by the way, this is like a total tangent. This is one of my classic tangents. We're okay. going to switch gears. <laughs> what do you actually meet with an energy worker or a healer? <laughs> I'm very <laughs> impressed by this. You know, <laughs> like, I... Like, I heard like multiple times a week. <laughs> is it is true. true. <laughs> um, but to be fair, as my husband says, I have a whole team. I have a whole team of advisors. So I have astrologers that I work with on a regular basis. I have energy worker and energy worker work with on a weekly basis. Um, I have, I don't know how many people I have. I have like three or four people that I work with on a very regular basis. For you personally. Correct. Yes. Yes. Because wow. one, it keeps me clear. You know, I've got a mindset coach. It keeps me clear. And I do my own daily meditation, self-hypnosis. You know, I do all of that. Um, but it just keeps my energy clear. And because I believe that your business, at least in this business, is an extension of ourselves and it reflects to us where we're at. Mm -hmm. To be fair, I used to put undue pressure on all this work. Oh, if I do more daily practice, I'm going to be more successful. It doesn't quite work out that way. It's just that it's what I choose to do. And I feel better about myself. I'm clearer and I make clearer choices as a result you have to invest in business coaching and strategy. And it's not like you can intuit strategy from doing mindset and inner work. Mm -hmm. But I like to have the whole team <laughs> because I believe that's important for me and it's it's what I value. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's so beautiful. And it's, I just, I really hope that that inspires all the listeners right now uh, that you get to have a team. 
Hello, <laughs> you get to have a team uh, that supports you in, in all those different areas of, of you. And um, I love that you also, you said you work with an astrologer too. That's so cool. I, last time I worked with an astrologer was uh, last time I was in Bali. Um, but, but I'm like, oh, that's like inspired me. I'm like, huh? Cause I haven't, you know, and that was a super powerful session for me. Uh, super powerful. Um, but it was kind of like a one and done. I didn't continue seeing her after that. Uh, so, but I have like, you know, I have a love coach and I have my, uh, of course my, uh, spiritual business coach and I have, you know, my own sort of team around me, but now I'm like, oh, wow, I want to expand my team. I want to, I want to get more, you know, even, uh, you know, I heard you say, once that you had like, uh, it was like five sessions a week or something. And I, I thought that was like really inspiring. Cause I'm like, wow, I have, I mean, I definitely talk to my spiritual business coach on a daily, daily basis. Like that yes. happens every single day. Um, yes. but to have those sessions, I know how powerful that is. And you're right that we, we essentially, we are our business, like our, our business argues, you said our reflections of us. So if we're taking care of ourselves and nurturing ourselves, we are in, we are actually at the same time, simultaneously nurturing our business. It's going to have a direct effect. hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I believe every company ought to have an on-site psychologist <laughs> because how much of our psychology shows up every day at work and it, totally. you know, it slows us down, right? How we speak, how we think, how we be. And so how we um, interpret things that ha how we interpret events and stuff yeah. that comes up because you know life gets lifey <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly and like i'll walk with my mindset coach and she's and she'll give me feedback she's like did you just hear yourself say those words oh my god i just did and i didn't even realize it mm, that is the beauty of having a coach they shine yeah. light on your blind spots exactly. it's the best and i'm like oh okay yep i see that all right thank you <laughs> And most importantly, you know, for those who are listening to this, is that any any kind of team you choose to be around you, any size team, ultimately, it's really to help you stay connected with yourself. That's 100%. ultimately the whole point. So that as you stay connected with yourself, no matter what triggers you have with hiring, with money, all of it, you can be your best possible self in that moment. And that creates this ripple effect. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Well, damn, girl, we're going to just... Mic drop it right there to stop the episode there. We're at the end of it. But I do want to know, how do how does the ladies that are listening right now, and I'm sure there's some men too, but most of my audience is female, how do they get in touch with you? And do you have anything, any resources or anything that you'd like to share with them? Yes. So um, Instagram is a great place to DM. We have a lot of folks who uh, respond to us and reach out to us on that way, and you'll get resources there. Um, my website, we've got a lot of resources there on my website. And then um, that's a destinyberman.com. Instagram is a desberman. And then uh, we also have a link for a launch guide. So for those of you who are thinking about creating a leverage offer for your courses, we do have a seven step launch guide. It is extremely um, broken down. So even if you feel like you're new to it, we also have a section in there that covers metrics and data so we can take ourselves out of the story and be as successful as you would like. Oh, love it. What a gift. Awesome. I'll make sure that all of that is 
in the show notes for y'all. So go ahead and like go down in the description and it'll all be there for you. Uh, and thank you so much, Destiny. This was so fun. And I just, I've loved jamming out with you and learning about you and just hearing all of your, your, your wisdom and, um, and knowledge. Just thank you so much for giving of your time and your energy to myself and the audience today. You're so welcome. And you make this so fun and easy. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. If this episode spoke to you, and especially if you are a driven, ambitious woman who is ready to dive deep so you can rise up to the next level and become truly unstoppable against any and all obstacles in your way, go to femaleonfire.net now. It is time to reignite that spark inside of you so you can radiate it out those parts of you that have been lying dormant, that you've been hiding, muting, shaming. It's time to reignite that flame inside of you so you are lit up from the inside out, irresistible, magnetic, in command of every room and every situation, and no one ever, ever forgets your name. Go to www.femaleonfire.net. That's femaleonfire.net or click the link in the show notes to learn more. You can also shoot me a DM on Instagram that says FOF for female on fire now. And as always, thank you so much for listening and especially for rating, reviewing, and sharing the episode. You're amazing. I love you. Have a powerful day.